No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and the solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always. I hope our listeners are doing well today too. Another good show lined up, Brian. On today's show, we're going to be talking about your desired retirement lifestyle. How are you going to spend that time in retirement? What's going to be your purpose or your identity? We'll talk about that. Also, Social Security makes up a large portion of a lot of people's retirement spending and their retirement income. And we'll talk about some changes uh, in Social Security possibly to fix that because it is due to run out of money, but I don't think it really will. We'll also talk about Delaware Statutory Trust on today's show. There are some new Seattle City Council things that they're thinking about there that could adversely affect active landlords. But I want to start out today talking about taxes, everyone's favorite subject, taxes, and some tax breaks eliminated until 2025. Now, Brian, in uh, 2017, there was this Tax Cuts and Job Act, which eliminated some deductions for personal expenses, among other things. So let's talk about that to begin with. Let's talk about the personal exemptions that were eliminated. Yeah, one of the things that they did, and this is just kind of a recap of things. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know some of these or remember them maybe, or, or maybe you don't. Just want to recap that and just talk a little bit about the changes in the tax law, because I'm still running into a lot of people that are going, you know, my tax situation changed and, and kind of how I view things 
things. I mean, you know, for instance, maybe I used to want to carry a, a mortgage and whenever I refinanced, I made sure I put a line of credit, you know, a home equity line of credit and all this stuff. And, and then I had my taxes done and, or I did them myself and I'm looking for where I got some benefit for all of that. And it's not there anymore. I don't understand. And when um, the, they t- change the tax forms themselves, I can't even read them anymore. And what about uh, me and my kids and personal exemptions? Where, where does that show up anymore? You know, all these changes that did occur. And, and certainly this is one of them. I mean, in 2017, you claimed your personal exemption. We've been claiming a personal exemption forever. It was 4050 per person. And uh, that was a deduction and for your dependents. So if you had lots of kids, you have this great big deduction on your return. Now you're looking at it. The form has changed. And, and if you want to know what line it's on, just make sure you look for line... Oh, wait, it's not there anymore. That's right. They eliminated <laughs> that. So you don't claim exemptions anymore starting uh, last year, 2018. And keep in mind when you're planning for the future that the tax code will change again in 2025 when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires, and you might be able to claim these deductions again. I mean, this is not a permanent thing, is it? That's right. It's it's not meant to be a permanent thing. Uh, that's how it's in the law. But you know things are going to change depending on who's in power. Right. And things are going to happen. And, and, you know, maybe if this thing's gone for a while, I don't see a lot of politicians that are going to be clamoring to get this back because because it would be a tax cut. Right. Um, Jeff, let me ask you, when was the last time you uh, actually heard some some politician <laughs> reduce spending? Reduce spending? I can't really remember any time. Uh, I can't either. <laughs> I, outside of the campaign trail. Yeah, okay. okay. I've heard him on the campaign trail. I haven't actually heard of anybody getting elected and then actually doing it to my recollection. Yeah, there are a lot of things promised on the campaign trail, and then about two or three years later, you remind them, remember when you said that? Oh, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> no new taxes. <laughs> I remember that one. Uh, yeah, so they could bring it back, but don't hold your breath, and even if they did, what are you going to do? Uh, I think I have a whole lot of kids right now, because I think in 2025, they're going to bring back the personal exemption. You know, that's that's kind of silly to talk about. <laughs> so uh, just know that it went away and it's gone. It's probably going to stay gone. Well, I hope the Octo Mom got a lot of uh, you know <laughs> yeah, deductions you for those eight kids that she had. Yeah. John and Kate plus eight. I mean, you know, the only benefit of all of that was the tax deduction, I guess. So this is a 2017 uh, Tax Cuts and Job Act again. As a result of that, the $4,050 personal exemption was eliminated, but it could come back in 2025 when things change again. Now, the new tax code, I remember when I used to move for business purposes across the country that I could deduct all those moving expenses, but that's not the case anymore, is it? No, it's not the case. And they had special rules. I mean, uh, it was more than 35 miles and so forth. So people that moved maybe across town did or didn't get to uh, deduct them. But yeah, the new rules, you cannot deduct these expenses unless you relocate because you're in the military and meet specific requirements. So basically for most people, that deduction is gone. And in the broadcasting industry, you tended to move around a lot anyway. So that was a good tax tax deduction. One day you're working in Denver, and the next day you're working in Cincinnati, and then the next day you're working in uh, Albany, New York, or someplace like that. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act eliminated the deduction for theft and certain home damages, too. Yeah, if if you uh, had certain uh, damage from natural disasters that were not reimbursed by insurance. So this probably isn't a big thing, because if if you have normal homeowner's insurance and you had theft or, like I said, a natural disaster, you probably had insurance to cover it. I suppose an earthquake, you didn't have earthquake 
earthquake insurance. That wouldn't be covered. You know, those kinds of non-reimbursed. And that's the thing to remember, just because you had a loss. Oh, I had a $100,000 loss. I'll write it off. I say, oh, how much did the insurance company give you? Uh, oh, 98000 I said, well, no, you have a $2,000 loss. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, and used to try and write that off. And that would be reduced anyway by other provisions of the tax law. But now we don't even have to go through that analysis because it's just not allowed. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We're talking about tax breaks eliminated until 2025. And the next one, Brian, uh, more than 50 percent of the people in this country are divorced. And the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act eliminated the deduction for alimony. Yeah, if your alimony wasn't finalized by the end of 1231 of 2018, then uh, you don't get to deduct that if you're paying it. So that might change uh, a lot of the planning around that because if you're going to the lawyers and you're in that unfortunate situation and they say, well, you got to pay, you know, 50 or more percent of your income over, and you might uh, want to bring up the fact that, well, (laughs) I'm going to get taxed on earning it at, uh, you know, 24 percent, and I don't get taxed on sending it out, so actually this is more like a Mm 20-80 split (laughs) instead of a 50-50 or, you know, something like that, (laughs) whatever the numbers are, and that might have to be uh, considered, and I think a lot of, and I've seen this with a lot of divorce-type cases where they split assets, they split income, they had no understanding of the tax. So, you know, they said, well, let's split these assets. Uh, You get the house worth a million, I'll take the retirement account worth a million. Mm -hmm. Well, the house has no income tax on it potentially because of the exclusion on that, uh, whereas the retirement account will be fully taxed. And so they aren't the same asset net of tax, nor are splits of income and, and, and alimony and so forth net of tax. That the equation entirely changed due to this tax act. But there is something to look forward to if you're paying alimony. If you're going to be paying alimony past 2025, you could get that deduction back again. So there's a little bit of a silver line. I'm looking for the silver lining in this dark cloud. <laughs> uh, I don't think you're going to find one here. So. <laughs> okay. We'll leave that as it is. So, Brian, how can retirees plan with the expiration of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in mind? Well, there's a lot of things that you have to reassess your finances because I you know, just the basic mortgage deduction, the, the increase in the standard deduction to $24,000 for a married couple pretty much eliminated the value of carrying a mortgage and paying property taxes and all these itemized deductions for uh, millions and millions and tens of millions of Americans. And they haven't really factored that in. So I, I see all the time, I'm still seeing financial plans across my desk where uh, we have hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash. Mm-hmm and a six-figure mortgage balance at 4.5%. And I'm going, wait a second here. Uh, why don't we take, you know, maybe, maybe they have 400000 in the bank and they owe 150 on their mortgage. They're getting zero tax benefit from that $150,000 mortgage, but their mind is telling them they do because they remember they always did. And so just little things like that where I want, well, why don't you save 6000 a year in interest forever and, and just right. pay that darn thing off because you're not earning much in the bank. And, you know, just little tweaks like that, just having, you know, it's, it's not life-changing necessarily in that, that situation, but if you make enough tweaks and you save 6000 here, 4000 there, 2000 there, before you know it, you got, you know, uh, a couple shekels in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just important to stay up on this stuff, review your stuff, and have a fresh view at your situation, your income, your investments, your allocation to different areas in your life. And that's why we love having people come in and fill out those financial plans so we can go through with them and actually 
to answer all these questions. Brian, when you get into retirement, do the tax burdens change significantly? A lot of things change because of, of your taxable income, the nature of that. You're no longer earning wages, paying Social Security and Medicare tax. You're no longer putting money into your 401k plan and, and getting the match on that. You're not in deferral mode. You're in distribution mode of mm-hmm. your investments, which is a taxable event if it's not from a Roth or, or something like that. So everything really does change in retirement. That is often where we meet people for the first time is in the year before their planned retirement, they might come in and say, let me set this up now. Or or maybe, you know, it could be way before because they want to get things set up. You know, maybe they're 59 and a half. That'd be a great time to come in because you got your 401k balances you can move over. Yeah, we're seeing that uh, a lot with the reduction of the state and local taxes that someone can deduct to $10,000. We're seeing exodus from California, New Jersey, New York. People are changing their lifestyles even based on their tax deduction and going to states where there is no income tax. So yeah, there's there's demographic shifts. There's all kinds of, of things relative to this. So just, you know, again, this is a, a show to not to answer all your questions, but it's to get you thinking, oh, maybe I need to take a, a review of all of this stuff and, and have somebody look at it. Uh, you know, a member of my, one of my team, uh, us advisors here, we, we all have the tax background to, to answer all these questions and coordinate that with your investments. That's the voice of Brian Evans. And that is one of the biggest reasons, I think, to use Madrona Financial Services, because, of course, you also have Bauer Evans CPAs here in the building. And uh, many of your advisors are also CPAs. So not only do you have the financial planning background and the knowledge, but you also have the tax knowledge, too. And that is so, so important. At Madrona Financial Services, of course, uh, they help their clients plan with foresighted minds so that more of your hard-earned money goes to you instead of being unnecessarily overtaxed. If you'd like to get your free financial plan and talk about taxes, talk about your retirement, about how maybe you can make your retirement dreams come true, all you've got to do is call 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Request your free financial plan. You can do that online at madronafinancial.com. There's no cost, of course, as I said, it's free, and there is no obligation. No one's going to lock you in a room until you sign something. It's a very casual atmosphere. It's a chance for you to sit down, kick Madrona Financial Services tires, and find out if they can help you, and chances are that they can do that. 844-MADRONA is the number, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Thanks for listening to us today. This is Growing Your Wealth. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about two approaches to fixing Social Security. Well, maybe more than two. (laughs) All that and more when our show continues right after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on, or even if it's right for them? Madrona Financial Services is made of a team of professionals that will create a retirement plan as individual as you are and make sure your financial foundation is clear to you every step of the way. Call them today at 844-MADRONA for a no-obligation retirement readiness review. They'll learn about what you want most out of retirement, plus you'll get an investment and retirement analysis and a tax analysis. You've worked hard to earn it and save it. Take the time to have the right professionals help you keep it and grow it. Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. You own highly appreciated real estate and have decided to sell. You may be faced with limited options that could result in a substantial tax bill. 
Now, there may be another option. It's called a DST, and it can offer the benefits of real estate ownership without all of the baggage. Brian Evans and his team at Madrona Financial Services are available to see if a DST could be right for you. Call 844-MADRONA to learn if you can invest in real estate without the hassles of being a landlord. You won't be responsible for the debt or management, yet you may still receive passive income. Best of all, the DST program offers a ready-made solution that may satisfy your 1031 exchange requirements, which could provide full tax deferral on the sale of your investment property. Call the team at Madrona Financial Services right now at 844-MADRONA to learn more about DSTs and if they are right for you. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now. Here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to talk about different approaches to fixing Social Security. And Brian, the Social Security program is on track to deplete its asset reserves by the year 2035. Now, this doesn't mean that the program is going to go bankrupt, but once reserves are depleted, payroll taxes will not be able to fund the full amount to be paid out. And the Democrats and Republicans have different plans for fixing Social Security. There are a lot of different plans, but apparently the Dems and the Republicans have their own. So let's talk first about what the Democrats are proposing to fix Social Security. Yeah, and before I get into that, I find it interesting whenever you hear reports about Social Security and the fiscal nature of it, the report is they're going to deplete their asset reserves. And in reality, they don't have any assets. There is no reserves Mm -hmm. at all. Uh, What they really mean is that the amount coming in will not be as much as the amount going out. And so that's the key thing here. And that's why it's not going to go, oh, where we depleted our reserves or bankrupt now. That's, you know, what you just said is correct. Because, you know, leading up to that, we're going to have $102 coming in for every 100 going out. And then it'll be right. $98 coming in for every 100 going out. It's just a gradual decline as we have the demographics are shifting to where we have more and more people collecting relative to the amount of people paying in. And there are two reasons for this happening, too. One of which is that people are just living longer. When President Roosevelt came up with Social Security back there in around 1945, something like that, the life expectancy of the average male was probably not even 70 years of age. So you got it at 65, you were going to be retired and getting it, getting it just a couple of years. Yeah, I, I recall reading something. Uh, you, you got six, uh, Social Security at 65 and the average life expectancy was 66. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was not meant to be a long-term retirement planning strategy. It was right. just a safety net. Uh, you're going to work your whole life until uh, you, you got uh, frail and then you retire for one, two, three, five years, uh, get some checks from Social Security so you can feed yourself and then you pass away. That was kind of the plan. Well, things have changed. Uh, people are living a lot longer and then somewhere along the way, and I'm not sure how or why or how this came about, the federal government said, you know what? Uh, why don't we not make people wait until 65? Let's let people take it at 62. Mm-hmm. And they won't get as much, but they can take it early. So that, that came along at, at one point too. So we added three years there at the bottom, and uh, of course, instead of 65, I mean, a lot of people are living to be 95, even 100 years of age. If you're still in pretty good health by the age of 65, there's a very good chance that you will live to be 90. Another reason is the number of people paying into it back in the 40s. There was something like 70 people paying in for every one person who's taking it out. Today, of course, there's around three paying in for every one that's taken out, and that three is going down to two and, and maybe even possibly one. 
Yeah, that's that's a big uh, equation shift right there is that uh, we have uh, the baby boomers are, are going to be collecting huge amounts of Social Security in the years to come, many years to come, decades to come. And who's going to be paying that? Well, hopefully the, the millennials will kick in. You know, it's going to be almost a, a one-to-one, like you said, at some point. That's tough, you know, because uh, if you think about, well, okay, I get to 2000 a month, say, in Social Security, and, and uh, it's 24000 a year. Well, nobody's paying in 24000 a year in this country to Social Security. So that's a tough equation to fix. And in the beginning, too, Brian, Social Security wasn't taxed. President Roosevelt said Social Security will not be taxed. But I think what he should have said was Social Security will not be taxed in my lifetime. Yeah, or in my time, uh, yeah, being president, which we're one and the same. Right. But, uh, yeah, so now it's it's taxable thing, and that is one of the things they can do. The Democrats are proposing that the rule right now is that income up to about 133000 is taxed for Social Security, and everything earned above that is not taxed. Well, pretty easy solution they have is to have it taxed in additional income over 132. So one solution might be to apply the tax up to the limit up to say 250,000 or even 400,000 or obviously what they did with Medicare they just eliminated the max that you would pay. So if you have a you know you're playing for the Dodgers and you make uh, 6 million dollars a year salary mm-hmm. uh, then you pay social security tax on 6 million dollars and the employer matches social security tax on 6 million dollars. <laughs> yeah, that that changes the equation. Oh, uh, it's a good thing the Dodgers drew 3 million people or at least they've drawn 3 million this year. They're going to need all those ticket dollars to pay those taxes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that would really change because remember, Social Security is matched by the employer. So that's combined, uh, it's 12.4%, 6.2 each. So that's that's a big percentage. And, and if you change that, obviously, that's that's a big change for employers, too. So that's the Democrats' plan, and we'll see if that comes to pass. But the Republicans also have a proposal on the table, too, don't they? Yeah, they would favor gradually adjusting the full retirement age upward from age 67. So that's what it is now. Mm-hmm. I happen to be born in a year where my full retirement age is 67. 67. Mm-hmm. My kid's full retirement age is 67. That's that's considered this thing called full retirement age, meaning that you can make as much as you want after 67, after turning 67, and not have to pay it back. So you're able to make as much as you want, but that's where they consider it full benefits. It's kind of a strange concept because you can take it early and get partial benefits. You can right. take it later and get a higher amount even than full. Full seems like it should be 100%, but mm-hmm. it's not. You wait till age 70, it's more like 120 So anyway, so they're talking about raising the age upward from 67 to 70. And full retirement age is different for different people, too. As you said, yours is going to be 67 because you were born 1960 or later. But those people who were born before that, too, their full retirement age could be 66. It could be 66 and four months, 66 and six months. You can get a retirement calculator online at ssa.gov and find out what your true full retirement age is. And it'll give you your proposed payout, too, at different stages of your retirement. Once again, that's ssa.gov. Okay, so the Democrats say let's raise some taxes here. The Republicans say let's raise the full retirement age up to age 70. What about a compromise? 
Yeah, I think a compromise, you know, I think that's generally always probably a good idea because, and I especially, you know, as you look at the Republicans' proposal, in my brain, that certainly makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me because life expectancies are much longer. And so it occurs to me that 67 isn't the end of your life anymore. You no. know, it's, it's you know, if they raised it to 70, that you would just be able to plan ahead and say, all right, I'm not getting Social Security benefits until I'm 70. So maybe I have to have a plan in place and I'm not going to retire as early as I once thought in response to that. Because a lot of people are getting Social Security checks for 20, 30, or even 40 years now. And again, it was never designed for that when it came out. So maybe getting back to that original design might be a good idea. There's also other things they could do. They could do uh, on the taxation side. I mean, they cap it at 85%. Obviously, uh, that could be adjusted to 100. They could means test it. So meaning that, let's say, you're 75 years old and you're getting $2,500 a month in Social Security, but your adjusted gross income is $500,000 because you've done well. They might say, well, you know, at $500,000, that $25,000 is now going to be $25, you know, or something. They're right. going to cut that down. So that'd be a way of means testing, saying the more you have, yeah, thanks for paying in all those years, but in reality, we need this to pay other people and you're fine. And I, I could see that getting through at some point too. And some people mistakenly think that Social Security is not taxed. Well, it is not taxed if you make very, very little. And if you're listening to this program, you probably don't fall into that category anyway, unless you are very optimistic about what your future (laughs) is going to be like. Okay, so Social Security makes up a fair amount of people's retirement income. How do you maximize or is there a way that you can maximize your Social Security benefits? Because I understand that there are like 500 different ways to take Social Security. Yeah, we we have a Social Security optimization report uh, we can run and certainly that might give us a strategy based upon your ages, who made more money, who made less, uh, that kind of thing. But it really comes down to talking to the people. What do you believe your personal life expectancy is? What do you believe your quality of life will be in the years to come at 80 or at 70 or at 85, you know? uh, And if you say, well, my quality of life won't be very good because nobody in my family has ever lived past 75. Okay, well, that makes it easier. I'm going to say take it early. You know, these these are the kinds of questions we really have to ask. They're they're qualitative questions. There's no right or wrong answer. They're best guess. I was thinking of an analogy this morning, a lot of financial planning because the question was about bonds. Well, bonds are starting to rally and because rates are, are dropping. And hey, Brian, on your show, you've been saying you're not a big fan of bonds. Are you changing your mind? I said, well, kind of want to look at it like this. It's kind of like a, a baseball analogy. We love our sports analogies, right? Yeah, we do. So my analogy is, you know, it's the bottom of the 10th. You got a guy on third base. There's two outs. You need this this base runner in. You got two guys on the bench. Well, one's hitting 150 and the other one's hitting 350. Mm-hmm. Well, which one are you putting in? Well, probably the 350 guy. Yeah, but don't you think the 150 wants to, you know, 15 times out of 100, he gets a hit. Maybe maybe that person's due. Yeah, and he might be a little more hungry and you never know. There are these uh, the heroes who to come out of nowhere sometimes. So sometimes the guy hitting 150 is going to going to get that that right. clutch hit, and right. the guy hitting 350 is going to strike out. Right. Uh, you don't know. So maybe the bonds in my analogy are hitting 150, and and that's that's that one. Whereas some other thing is is hitting better. So uh, same thing with any financial decision. You you try and, and go with the odds. You know. Right. Okay. What what are my better odds? And when you're putting a team together, you want to have a team with people with different strengths. You know. You've got 
starting pitchers or you got relievers, power hitters, you know, singles hitters, good fielders, all this kind of stuff. So it's almost like a diversification strategy when you're talking about financial planning. You're just trying to make the best decision you can with the statistics and the available information you have at hand. Yeah, and that's why this Social Security optimization uh, plan that you have is so, so very important. As I said, over 500 different ways you can take it. I mean, one spouse can file against the others and get half of their Social Security. Find out if that's something that you can do for you. And I understand that the biggest mistake that people taking Social Security make is that they take it at age 62. 34% of people take Social Security at age 62. They're potentially leaving over $100,000 on the table by not doing this Social Security optimization program. Get your retirement and Social Security questions answered. Come in and see the people at Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs for a no-obligation, complimentary financial review to go over your entire financial future. It is free, and to get yours, call 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. And as always, you can get your free financial plan online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. Glad you could join us again this week. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some new laws coming into effect if the Seattle City Council has their way that could adversely affect active landlords. We'll talk about that as well as later on in the program. We'll talk about your desired retirement lifestyle. What's your purpose or what's your identity? All that and more when our show continues right after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. A dip in the market like we've seen lately could cost you years of retirement income, and it's unnecessary. This is Brian Evans, President and CEO of Madrona Financial Services. Today we see how investments can erode based on events here and around the world. But there's no doubt that people with better plans will be far less affected. So here are the four don'ts about investing in times like these. Don't panic. Don't get hung up on talk of a correction. Don't think anyone knows what's going to happen next. And don't be complacent. Now here's your one do. Call Madrona Financial Services today, especially if you're at or near retirement. Our team specializes in retirement planning and can guide you to manage your risk no matter what's around the corner. Call us at 844-MADRONA. Our team will review your retirement plan in two one-hour meetings. It's quick, it's easy, and it just might add years of income to your retirement. Give us a call at 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you know how to provide a 30-year retirement plan with a 40-year career? The number of Americans who live to 100 will increase by 10 times in the next 30 years. The facts are, you could live longer than you thought, and the last thing you need is to run out of income when you need it the most. A plan that takes longevity into account increases the odds that you'll be financially able to do what you love with the people you love for the rest of your life. Call Madrona Financial Services now at 844-MADRONA. They'll work with you to help your 40-year career finance your next 30 or more years. The economy, our lifespans, and retirement have changed drastically since the time we entered the workforce. Have your retirement and tax strategies kept up? Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for a complete no-obligation retirement readiness review. Your retirement income plan should last as long as you do, and Madrona Financial Services can help you get there with a customized plan that suits you. Call right now for your retirement review at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona Bundle of Services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about some new rules proposed by the Seattle City Council and the mayor, and just about the concept of why am I still a landlord? Yeah, that's a very good question, Brian. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the storm brewing on the horizon here for active landlords in the Seattle area. And we can see, of course, rent control is coming to effect down in Portland. And uh, there are all kinds of things that are happening that make being an active landlord just a lot more difficult. As we said, the storm is on the horizon, but now I think I'm seeing some lightning strikes and it's it's getting a little bit closer. And the Seattle City Council is helping that, right? Yeah, they, they are. And, and there's a lot of reasons why now might be a great time to consider not being a landlord anymore and using the Delaware Statutory Trust for the 1031 exchange. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. But the first thing would be that I read that the Seattle City Council and bless their hearts, man, they want to help uh, domestic violence victims. Who doesn't? I think mm-hmm. it's really important. I don't know what how big of a problem this is, but they were talking about damage caused in a domestic violence situation. So they're passing, they want to pass some ordinances to make the responsibility for all of that damage be the responsibility of the landlord. And I think that's a little misdirected. I'm all for helping domestic violence victims. I believe that the Seattle City has more in their coffers and more availability to put money aside than the typical landlord person that I work with. Typical landlords are not some guy with a, you know, with a the top hat and a, <laughs> sure. <laughs> a, a suit walk around, you know, uh, scourging. You know. Like the Monopoly guy. Yeah, the Monopoly guy. That's not typical. It's just, it might be an older couple and that's their primary income source or, or whatever. Very often it is that. And so to add just yet another layer of responsibility to them. And and what's, what's interesting, I'm seeing a, a conundrum happen is as a landlord, or they're, they're saying, okay, you can no longer screen your tenants. You can only maybe look at their credit score, for instance. Mm-hmm. Well, had you screened them, you would have noticed that they had, you know, six arrests for domestic violence, but they right. always pay their bill. Right. So they have good credit. Uh, you wouldn't have rented to them, but you're forced to, and then they come in and your place, some, you know, gets trashed, and then you want to go back after them. And no, you can't do that. You're responsible for that. I think it's rather irresponsible for our elected officials to pass something like that and not have any plan for how to pay for it. I mean, if they want to pass it, that's great. Uh, again, I'm, I'm all for that. But maybe they should have a Lloyds of London policy or or some money set aside for, for this issue. If it is an issue, I'm not sure how big of an issue it is. But I just bring this up because it's just another in a long line of things are getting worse for landlords. And if rent control comes, if mandatory Section 8, a lot of things are being put on the backs of landlords as if they're they're sitting there with millions and millions of dollars in the bank. They're just normal people from, from my experience. Most, most places that I know of that are rented out are owned by people. And they're older and they're usually trying to be retired except for this landlording. And that's why the DST, you know, again, it pops up as a discussion point here, might be a good time to consider selling and actually doing it, not just saying, oh, that's a good idea. I think I'll go mow my lawn now, Uh, (laughs) but actually do something about it. Yeah. As you said, those rules and regulations are becoming more ominous. And again, you know, I think Seattle City Council's heart is in the right place, but but maybe there is a different way that they could go about uh, doing this, maybe creating some sort of a fund to uh, help with damages if there is a domestic violence situation 
situation. Well, it is certainly obvious that uh, being an active landlord is becoming more and more difficult, as you said. To our south, Portland and Oregon has rent control, and can that be far behind here? Well, I don't think it can. I, I hear rumors it's gonna it's coming on in, in California, and uh, if it can be passed statewide, I'm, I'm sure uh, it's going to be very popular with the liberal, you know, uh, politicians uh, that it would be that the problems for, for housing and the cost of housing and everything basically is put on the backs of landlords again. I mean, they become kind of a target as far as I'm concerned, even the Section 8 proposals in California to say to somebody, well, you were earning X, so you go to anybody, you know, it's, let's say you have a job and the councils down there say, you know, we need some money for low-income housing. You make 100 grand a year, we want 30 of it. You know, wait, you can't do that. Well, it's the same thing with a landlord. You make 100 grand a year in rents, we want 30 of it to put towards a lowered rent. And, and it's just taking from them. It's, it's, it's stealing from your wages. It's stealing from your earnings, in my opinion. So I, I don't see any other way of looking at that. It's putting on the backs of somebody that when they went into that, it wasn't the rules. So changing the rules on them. I'm all for low, uh, low-income housing. I'm all for people uh, having a place to live. I'm mm-hmm. very pro that. But the way in which you raise the money to take it from a landlord doesn't seem fair to me. But if that's the world we live in, then fine. That's, that's why we're talking about this. Maybe again, maybe it's a good time to just say, I don't want to be around when they change all these rules because who's going to want to buy my property at top value right now? And properties are at top value right now. Absolutely. They're not only at top value, but also interest rates are historically low at this point. And, and I mean, if you're 70, 80 years of age, 65 years of age, and you've got a property and you're looking ahead and seeing this storm on the horizon, and also you have some physical limitations too. There are things that you just don't want to take care of or can't take care of anymore. And maybe you're the only person in your household who can take care of that. Maybe you're the one that does all this stuff. You got to think about if you pass away and your spouse is left with this property, what are they going to do? So I think really the devil or a statutory trust could be called an exit strategy for an active landlord. And I think that it's not only a, an exit strategy, but uh, the timing of it, I've never seen better. I mean, what you just said is spot on, Jeff. Interest rates are low. Well, what does that mean? I don't have a mortgage on my place. Well, the buyer will. The buyer of your place is going to get a mortgage. Right. They're going to pay very little for that interest on that mortgage, which makes their cash flow better, which means they're more willing to be able to pay you more for your property. So property values actually increase because mortgage rates are down and the buyers of your property are going to afford more because the rents are constant or going up, but the mortgage payment itself is lower. And as a younger person too, you know, if you're in your 30s or 40s, say, and you're looking to buy a piece of property, you've got time on your side. I mean, you know, some of these rules and regs could come into existence and they may go away, but you've got time on your side. And historically, real estate does appreciate quite nicely. But again, if you're older, 70 years of age, and you've got uh, these properties and you're just tired of toting, you know, water around, tired of the terrible T's, the toilets, the tenants, the trash, and we'll add another T in there, taxes too. The, the Delaware Statutory Trust just might be the answer for you. So Brian, these historically low interest rates can indeed help you even if you don't have a mortgage. Yeah, and, and I, I just mentioned one reason why, because the buyer of your property is going to have to pay less to the bank to acquire your property. So that makes your property, again, more valuable. But on the flip side, the Delaware Statutory Trust reinvestment, some of the the yields on some of these things are going up for my clients because they're buying into new properties and most of them have about 50% loan to value now. And so you, 
they're getting lower interest rates too. So your reinvestment, you're reinvesting in real estate at a very, very, you know, historically lowest rates there are. You're selling at a great time in the Seattle general market, a great time to sell for many, many reasons. Prices have got so high relative to rents. You're going to other parts of the country now with the reinvestment with the best loan you could possibly get, one that you can't get on your own, but you can through a Delaware Statutory Trust because it's a larger entity of a bigger group of investors. So all of these factors combined say, boy, I, I can't think of a better time to be talking Delaware Statutory Trust and making a change in your real estate holdings from active real estate to passive uh, real estate using a Delaware Statutory Trust. And for those people who are just joining us who have not heard about the Delaware Statutory Trust, of course, we're talking about being an active landlord and selling that property, but you still want to be in real estate. So that's what the Delaware Statutory Trust does, is that you're still in real estate, but you just don't have your hands on it anymore. You're, you're in passive real estate. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, if you go to madrona1031.com, there's a lot of information on the Kiplinger articles I've written or books on and on that topic. But yeah, basically, uh, you sell your property just like normal. It's really not that complicated. You have some rentals, any kind of investment real estate, you sell it. You don't pay any income tax because you're doing a 1031 exchange. So the money goes through a qualified intermediary, and we'd buy a different property with it. And we buy multiple properties with it called Delaware Statutory Trust, but those are just names of the type of holding it's under. Mm-hmm. And so you might reinvest in apartment buildings, brand new apartment buildings in, say, the Sunbelt States or self-storage or industrial parks, something of, of that nature. And you're just reinvesting in other parts of the country that are growing, but have potentially better rents than what you're receiving now. And now you don't have to be a landlord. You're not responsible for a surprise repair bill. You'll never get a capital call. You don't pay any income tax. You get additional depreciation deductions that you don't have now. So your income tax go down, even though your cash flow might be going up. You're diversified. You're in newer properties. There's so many benefits to owning a Delaware Statutory Trust. And the 1031 exchange law does talk about like-kind properties, but it doesn't mean if you have a fourplex, you got to buy another fourplex. What it means basically is if you're selling real estate, basically you're going to be buying some other real estate. So as you said, it could be another apartment building in a very growing area. It could be a medical facility, self-storage. It could be a retail uh, space with long-term leases. It could be a lot of things. I mean, even if you have raw land, unappreciated land, or if, you know, the city's taken away your property because they want to put a street through or a railway or something like that, you can also uh, do a DST that way too, can't you? Yeah, I, I actually, one of my biggest ones I just are, are completing right now is a, a some kind of a soybean farm in northern Texas. Mm. I've got a one on the horizon. It's They don't even own the, any of the real estate. They, they have long-term leases with an airport for the land in the buildings. That mm. qualifies. Mm-hmm. I've had uh, you know rental houses, of course. I've had all kinds of different properties, uh, raw land. You can even uh, exchange mineral rights into a DST apartment building. You know, So anything that's uh, related to real estate that is for investment purposes, which means it does not include your principal residence and generally not your vacation home if you use your vacation home. If you rent out your vacation home primarily, then you can even 1031 those in certain circumstances. So there are a lot of ways you can do a Delaware statutory trust, get into passive real estate and get those rent checks every month without having your hands on it. But you know, if you're one of those people who say, well, I can't see or feel or touch my property, I mean, get on an airplane, fly down to San Antonio and touch 
touch your property if you want to. If you want to know whether or not a Delaware statutory trust is right for you, come in and get your free consultation with one of the advisors here that knows all about Delaware statutory trust at Madrona Financial. Again, that website is madrona1031.com, madrona1031.com. A lot of questions are going to be answered there. But if you want to sit down in person and have a consultation, the number to call is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A, no cost, no obligation. Get in, sit down, and get your personal questions answered. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. That's the voice of Brian Evans. I'm Jeff Shade. Glad you could join us again this week. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking about some uh, things that you want to think about in terms of your desired retirement lifestyle. What's your purpose or what's your identity? All that and more when our show continues after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management, and best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. What does prosperity mean to you? At Madrona Financial Services, we think it's about helping you feel confident about your future. It's more important to know where you're headed than where you you've been, and we feel the same way about the funds that we invest in. At Madrona Financial Services, we believe in simplifying, securing, and streamlining your financial and retirement life. That's why our clients have one team managing investments, retirement, taxes, and their estate with an integrated strategy. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com to learn how you can make our team your team. It's a new kind of financial experience built for today with tomorrow in mind. We believe believe in your future, and so should you. Get connected with your team today. Visit online at madronafinancial.com or call the professionals at Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for a free review. That's 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. Simplify your life. Invest in your future. Prosper. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to talk about your desired retirement lifestyle. And Brian, you know, life isn't just about money, and the same goes for when it comes to retirement planning. Everyone has has different retirement goals, so there's no one-size-fits-all solution for retirement planning. So let's talk about a few hypothetical examples of what retirement could look like, which sounds like the right one for you. Well, first of all, Brian, there's that very simple retirement. I think a lot of our parents probably did this when described what the simple retirement's all about. Funny you say that. I was just thinking about my parents <laughs> just then, yeah. and uh, they had a simple retirement. And in this case, a couple are retired. Neither is generating any income. You know, in my own family, my dad retired 
very early. He was age 51. Mm. He grew up in concrete primarily, and they moved him up a grade. And so he graduated university right mm. after he turned 21, and he taught for 30 years uh, so he can get his pension. And then uh, he's 51 years old. He retired, but he didn't quit working. He did work in the summers on the farms up there in Skagit Valley, driving tractors, that kind of thing, and certainly had other jobs here and there. My mom did not work outside the house, so they had very limited income. He had his pension, and then later, of course, they had their Social Security. And when you say he grew up in concrete, I want to point out that's the town of concrete. He didn't grow up in a concrete factory or, you know, a concrete <laughs> business or concrete shoes or something like that. that was the town of concrete. Yeah, I, I can say my, my dad had it hard. He, he, he was actually uh, uh, living in Rockport, and then he went <laughs> uh, went to concrete from there. So, yeah, yeah he, he had it hard coming up. Uh, graduated from Western Washington University, though, and he even had a, a letter from the Brooklyn Dodgers inviting him yeah. out, and he was a pretty good uh, baseball player. Yeah, he was more than a pretty good baseball player. I met him. We talked baseball a little bit, but he's a Hall of Fame baseball coach, too, so he was quite a guy. And, you know, your mom and dad, when it came to eating dinner, usually they just sat around the table there at home by themselves, and your mom, I know, likes to get out and do that gardening alongside the house. She was so proud to show me some of the things she had done out there. You know, they knit, they they played with the grandchildren, uh, they didn't walk the dog. I guess they didn't have a dog necessarily to walk, but nevertheless, they had a pretty simple retirement, and that fit their lifestyle just fine. They had Social Security, and it's all they needed. Yeah, they, they had the Social Security kick in. You're right, the house got paid off. They rarely went out to eat. Uh, when I grew up, we went out once a year on their anniversary. That's mm-hmm. what we did. When we went on a trip, we brought the tent. Right. You know, KOA campground. Right. Or out on Lopez Island with the tent. We had one of those tents, though, that uh, that was before they were waterproof. <laughs> and I, I, I swear, every every year we had this, this weekend trip with the old car club, and we'd be right. out there. It would rain. And uh, in the morning, my, my pillow, uh, of course, was pushed up against the edge of that <laughs> canvas tent, and it was just a big, wet marshmallow. I remember those those tents. I had one of those too. I forgot completely about that. Thank you for reminding yeah, me. Yeah, don't Brian. forget the little air mattress oh, that yeah. was about three inches thick uh, for about twenty minutes yeah. until all the air left it, and then you're just sleeping on the on the rocks that were <laughs> underneath you with even, the wet pillow. I didn't even have an air mattress. We were really, really <laughs> roughing it. So that's a simple retirement, you know. And for a lot of folks, that's fine. That's all they really want to do. But you know, there are people who are looking forward to a more glamorous retirement. Talk about what a glamorous retirement would be. Yeah, and one more comment on the simple retirement. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Uh, right. But I think the the key the key thing I want to point out here is that if you can make sure that you figured out what you can do and do it. So, for instance, my dad loved baseball. He went to 26 years of Mariner Spring trainings all the entire month of March for all those different years because he loved baseball. My mom loved her roots, and so she would travel to Scotland mm-hmm. and do a bus trip to Scotland or Ireland. Uh, you know. She never traveled, been on a plane before she was 60 years old, but now she's making a trip every year to New Zealand, Tasmania, and she went all over the place, and that was great. They could afford that. I did have a client that came in this week, and they were so concerned they couldn't go on a trip. And I said, well, you know, that their income wasn't high enough. I said, how much more do you need? And they said, 1000 a month. And I said, well, you got three quarters of a million dollars here. So if you spend $1,000 a month, that would only last you another 60 years if it doesn't make another dime as long as we're investing it, because you're and you're in your 60s already. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, your Social Security kicks in in two years, right. and that's going to be a th- more than 1000 a month right yeah. there. So really, you only need two years worth. Please take this trip. So I just want to point out that even if you have a simple retirement, do the math. I did the math you know, about 10 different ways for mm-hmm. this person. It took about 45 minutes. Yeah. I finally convinced her she was 
okay to take a trip every year because they couldn't run out of money the way they were spending it. They had simple requests. They went to Arizona every year. They had yeah. a motorhome that was paid for. Mm-hmm. And that was great. They had their lifestyle, but I had to convince them that they could do that little extra because they did have enough money for that. And there are a lot of people who do have that mindset, too, amongst older people. Their parents went through the Depression. They heard all the stories uh, about not having any money, and it really stayed with them. And it doesn't make any difference whether they had $750,000 or $7.5 million. They're still worried about running out of money. Now, there are those people who are planning for a more glamorous retirement, and, you know, they're going to eat out often. They're going to sail. They're going to golf. They're going to play tennis. They're going to own a second home near the beach. They're going to travel frequently. That requires a whole different type of financial planning, doesn't it? It does. And you can't just get to the end and go, okay, now I've I've retired. Uh, I want a glamorous retirement. So what have you done? Oh, nothing. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you might reap what you sow here. I mean, you you may not be able to get to to that. So that's why it's good to have these discussions early. And early means now. It doesn't mean uh, last year or 10 years ago, because I don't have a time machine, Jeff. Mm -hmm. So early to me means right now would be a great time to start and not five years from now. So yeah, maybe you have a pension and that kind of thing, but, but a lot of people don't. And so wouldn't it be nice if you had some annuities kicking in, though, in retirement? Wouldn't it be nice if you had some private non-traded REITs or Delaware Statutory Trusts starting paying you income monthly and increasing income over time and not paying all the income tax on that? That you had different kind of cash flow sources from different kinds of investments outside of stocks and bonds that were kicking in above and beyond your Social Security and any pension that you have. And a lot of people, Brian, have bucket lists. Many people don't have bucket lists, but I think the number one thing that people want to do in retirement is travel. But when you show them the amount of money that it costs, they say, we could never afford that. Is there a way that you can design a financial plan for them where you can sort of put in that budget for travel and disguise it a bit so that they don't see it and happily surprise them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In our own financial plan, in fact, I did this this week and it wasn't just on this. It was it was healthcare. He was going to retire before she was eligible for Medicare. And so he said, well, what if Medicare is a lot more? And I said, OK, let's add 10,000 a year for that. Well, what if healthcare for her is, is more? I said, OK, let's double the amount. Uh, projected for that. He said, well, what if we want to go uh, to Arizona every year? And so we added an amount for that for two months of rental for that, increasing with inflation. And in this, so that was the, the travel part. And so I put them, I had their expenses all inflated out for their lifetime. And then we just added another column for these three amounts. And they were way higher than he even thought they could be. And so we put them in there and he was just blown away when he looked at the final results. He says, well, this kind of looks the same. I said, yeah, instead of your, your kids inheriting, you yeah. know, $4 million when you're 90, they're going to inherit $3.2 million or, you know, whatever it was. I, I don't even know. It, in fact, it wasn't even that much of a difference. But the point was, it's like, well, then I should do this stuff. Uh, what if I want to take two trips a year? Well, let's plug that in, you know. <laughs> and it's still, it, it wouldn't move the, the needle because they had enough right. invested to where if we could secure some of those returns, you know, through your use of annuities, proper diversification with real estate and stocks and bonds and other types of uh, investment strategies that they could keep adding things to this list and they're going, huh, that really didn't move the needle all that much. Now did it? No, Brian, and that great big math trophy that you got too in high school has certainly <laughs> shown its uh, benefit here too because you're really good with numbers like that and making these dreams come true. Well, once again, Brian, we're out of time for this week, but before we go, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to us today. The executive producer of Growing Your Wealth is John Capuano, our director of program operations 
Operations is the Cookie Monster, Greg Dennett. Our show is produced by the lovely and talented and dangerous six-degree black belt, our Swedish princess, Stephanie Schoblom. Christy Parmenter is our associate editor. Josh Toy is our audio editor. Surfer boy Pete Gustin is our technical director and announcer. And Nicole Zitnick is our content supervisor. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday, won't you? And we'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. The Madrona Bundle of Services has become so popular that we started bundling everything. Hi, this is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, to tell you about the latest thing we've bundled, our books. We're proud to announce the Complete Book of Retirement, which bundles together our guides on retirement investing, annuities, passive real estate investing, and even information for the high net worth investor into one convenient and informative book. You can get your free copy today by going to madronafinancial.com. And if you're looking for even more information on investing, you can sign up for Madrona University to continue your investor education. Of course, if you need more personalized help, you can always sign up for a complimentary review. We'll sit down to discuss your retirement plan and explain how the Madrona Bundle of Services provides you with everything you need to plan for retirement under one roof. Get started today by calling 844-MADRONA and don't forget to download your free copy of the complete book of retirement at madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we help people finance their retirement so they can spend their time living life instead of worrying about it. The fact of the matter is, your portfolio will likely need to last about 30 years or more and the sooner you do something about it, the better off you can be. So if you're not 100% sure that your plan is rock solid, Call us today at 844-MADRONA for a review. It's super easy. We'll ask you a bunch of questions to find out what's most important in your life and what makes you happy. Next, we'll review your current plan, and then our team will strategize on ways to make your portfolio, your tax strategy, your use of Social Security, and an estate plan better suited for you. At Madrona Financial Services, we want your retirement to be about living life, and we'll sweat the small stuff for you. Call us today for your free review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us at madronafinancial.com.